Merry Christmas, and welcome to the new Focus on the Family podcast series, Christmas Stories. I'm John Fuller, and in the coming weeks, we're sharing some of our favorite Christmas memories, like this one from Dr. Kevin Lehman. Well, I love Christmas. I'm like a little kid. Christmas is my favorite season of the year. And I was a handful as a kid. I was the youngest of three kids. One of my early childhood memories is uh, my grandmother had come over from the old country, from Norway, and she brought these Norwegian uh, Christmas tree ornaments that I thought were just downright ugly. Now, I'm here to tell you that they probably, today, in an antique shop, would probably bring in excess of $100 a piece. Well, I had a BB gun, a little pistol, that you just simply cock back. And I remember sitting there on the stairs just before Christmas and picking off nine of them. I was a very good shot. And then I blamed it on the cat. And not only was a destructive little sucker, I was a lion little sucker. All right, you're going to hear stories like that to get into the holiday spirit. I'm John Fuller, and sound effects, thank you, Eva Daniel. You're welcome. That is, that is so fun. That's not a sleigh bell. That is a necklace? That's my necklace. I was wearing it today. I thought, that might make too much noise. I'm like, perfect. Well, I will say that the, the necklace makes a nice sound for the season. It does. It I sounds does. like jingle bells, kind of. All I need is my ugly Christmas sweater on. Do you it. have I am, one? I do have I one. I thought about I made one. my own, actually, I made my own ugly Christmas sweatshirt. Is this a that's going to go away soon? I hope not. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't bought one yet or made one, so I'll It's never to, too late, John. I'll have to work on that. Maybe it'll be my Christmas gift to you this year. Uh, thank <laughs> you, I think. This is John Fuller along with Eva Daniel. Um, as I said, this is Celebrating Family at Christmas, a special feature from Focus on the Family to help you get into the holiday spirit, whether that means uh, jingling your necklace or wearing making... Wearing the ugly sweater Making or, or wearing an ugly sweater or sweatshirt, whatever it is. Uh, We want to have some fun along the way here. We'll hear stories, and we'll talk about some resources that Focus on the Family has for you, like the All the Colors of Christmas Advent Activity Calendar. That's a mouthful. It is, but it is fantastic. It's It's full of coloring pages. In fact, our producer put this wonderful Christmas tree on the table for us to enjoy its decorations. This is from the book. This is from the book. It's like he spent a couple of months coloring this thing. I know. I think I think when I go at it with crayons, it's not going to look quite that intricate. But it is a wonderful decoration here for our table. And that's just one of the things. I mean, there are stickers, there are activity ideas. All the colors of Christmas is a terrific way to kind of jumpstart your Advent season and help you get into the spirit of Christmas uh, in a very intentional, real way with your kids, whether they're little or they're older. And we also have Oh Holy Night, which is a nativity scene and Advent calendar available for as a free download as well which will be fun to put together with your kids. Do you think your kids will put that together with you? Well, since my youngest is 14, no. If it's not cool. Maybe your wife. If it doesn't involve technology. <laughs> well, yes, as therapy for, for all the uh, stresses of life. You can I think sit in Dina color and that. relax, maybe around a crackling fire. I think I'll rent a hotel room, and maybe she can get away from some of the stresses of the season and enjoy doing that. Eva, did you grow up having lots of Christmas activities and Advent things to do? 
I grew up with a lot of, we did a lot of traditions every year from cutting our own Christmas tree, which I'm sure I'll talk your ear off about later, and a lot of just singing carols and making cookies. And we didn't do a lot of the formal Advent countdown. So I'm really excited now that I'm a mom to do more of this with my kids and really dig into scriptures and and just the birth of Christ and what that looks like and really just kind of learning what it means myself in this season and and teaching that to my kids. That is a heart uh, my wife, Dina, brought to our family with our kids uh, approaching 30 now. Uh, For 30 years, we have been sitting around the table on Sundays. We've got the Advent calendar. We've got the Advent uh, candles, and we do a scripture, a story, some background. We do a, a couple of songs. And it's really fun to be able to go back through the years and think through at that house, that season, that's what we did, or so-and-so said this or did this, or that was a really bummer time because that Advent just fell apart (laughs) totally. We had, you know, melting down kids, and it was sort of like, well, whatever, we tried. A lot of really fun moments along the way. And uh, as we talk about moments along the way, we're going to hear from former broadcast guests. In fact, we have a couple of broadcast guests to listen to right now. This is Erin McPherson, and my most memorable Christmas was, I'm guessing about 1990, my grandparents had just moved to Salem, Oregon, and we were really disappointed to be going to Salem because we knew we weren't going to have a white Christmas because it never snows there. Anyway, the day of Christmas Eve, my grandparents saw the weather report that it was supposed to freeze and snow, and so they had snuck out of the house and went and bought ice skates. And that night, a huge snowstorm came in. And the golf pond right across the street from their house had frozen solid, which never happens. And they woke us up in the morning and gave us new ice skates. And they took us out there with hot chocolate. And we spent the whole day ice skating on this golf pond in the middle of Salem where it never freezes. And I just remember thinking how wonderful it was that we'd had a white Christmas, but also that we got ice skate on a golf course where nobody else was because nobody else had ice skates. And it was one of the last Christmases I had with my grandparents, but I will remember it always. I can still remember when we moved to Japan, and um, I was in the second grade, and we moved shortly before Christmas, and everything felt like it was so far away from home, and I was just devastated that I wasn't going to get to have Christmas with my friends back in the States, and of course, we couldn't get a Christmas tree while we were out there, and so a couple days before Christmas, my dad came home, and he had gone to Kentucky Fried Chicken, and... They had some kind of packaging going on then that was shaped like a Christmas tree. And so he took the top of the bucket shaped like a Christmas tree and put it on his head, put a light bulb in his mouth, and he started laughing and put his hands up over his head and pretended to be a Christmas tree. And we still have pictures of it. And as hard as we laughed, it really is still such a sweet and sentimental memory that um, it was just a great reminder that family is what makes it such a special time. And all of a sudden, being so far away from everything I knew, there was this little piece of home that was there. And so as much as we giggle about it, whenever anyone talks about Christmas, there's a part of my mind that goes back to my dad standing in this living room that we didn't even know yet with a light bulb in his mouth and this crazy tree on his head and us all singing and, and wishing each other a Merry Christmas. It was just such a sweet memory. What a great couple of stories. And John, you know what one of my favorite Christmas memories is? No, I have no idea. So I was about eight years old, and I'm the youngest child, and I've always had this mindset that I want to make sure that I get the best gift. And so it was Christmas time, and I was probably about eight years old, 
And I waited until everyone was asleep in the house. And I went down to the Christmas tree. My parents had wrapped all these beautiful gifts. They're all underneath the tree. And I had taken a little razor blade. And I opened my packages you and the ones of my sisters carefully blade, opened. Yeah. And I had tape ready to go, you know, reseal. Oh, this was a planned careful. This was a planned. I had been planning this all week long, watching these presents. So I carefully used the razor blade, peeked in just the ends to make sure that I was getting the gift that I wanted. Well, sure enough, I use this razor blade. I look in. I see that my sister is getting something that I want more than what I want. So I switched the tags. Did you? I switched the, the tags. You're the person I've read I, about doing yeah, this. Yeah, so I switched the tags from on one of my packages to one of my sister packages. So come a couple days later, Christmas morning, we go, we open the presents. There's, of course, a lot of confusion on the parts of my parents. What You know, the exchanging of glasses, what happened. And, and of course, my sister wasn't that excited about the gift that I was getting. And so then, of course, my parents had to straighten out the whole thing. But did we've get, laughed. Did you have to fess up a little bit? You know, I didn't. At that point, this so, was about so two national, years ago. Two national years news. Ago. We just found out about Eva's thing. Yes. So now everybody knows. But okay. um, it was actually just within the last few years that my parents found out about you know oh all my. of these things that happened when we were kids. But so that was one of my favorite memories of of trying to figure out what was going to be in the packages and then trying to make sure that I was getting what I really wanted. See, now I'm a firstborn and never would have done something like that. That's against the rules. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but did your kids do that? Well, I don't think they did. They might have. Maybe Maybe I'll find out when they're older. <laughs> I do remember that. That makes me uh, recall a time. Uh, I think all of us kids. I'm the oldest of four, and our uh, our bedrooms were on the second floor, and there was kind of a little balcony overlooking the the uh, living room. And we would get up and we would lay there on the balcony, gazing down at the tree and the presents, trying to make out in the darkness what could that package be. And and there was a great wonder about all that. And we really did find ourselves a little surprised sometimes. I don't think we ever manipulated it quite like you did, though. I, I, that's a good story it's, you've it's got. A good, it's a good strategy. You know what's funny now is my, my son is five and a half, and he's gotten really into this concept of wrapping presents and giving gifts. And so he will wrap up random things all over the house, pairs of shoes, socks, his toys, and he'll give them his gifts. And so it's not necessarily the gift you want, but I like that he's at least trying to get the concept down. Okay, so do you have any favorite gifts or really specific memory of a gift that wowed you since you had to manipulate that one into... uh... A bicycle. When I got uh, my my first bicycle, I still remember it clear as day. Color? I was so... Red. A red bicycle. I was so excited. Upright handlebars or just a... You, you know, just just kind of a normal one as far as I know, but I was so excited to get that bicycle. I was given a Panasonic cassette tape recorder when oh. I was like nine or ten. And I actually, I mean, that kind of probably is that your launched, fu- Is that what started your it, future It very radio? well could be why I'm so fascinated by audio. I used to, I recorded the dinners, I recorded things, I did commentaries, I did little radio stations when I was wow. a little older uh, on that cassette player. Do you still have any copies of those old cassettes? Did um, your mom save them? I'm not telling at all. I'm not, <laughs> Do you still I, listen I don't to them as you to go tell, to bed? <laughs> and I won't tell you anything about them. In fact, now would be a good time to go back to some of our broadcast guests and hear their stories. I remember so many years ago when I was a boy growing up in the Ozark Mountains of northwest Arkansas, uh, we had a a snow that, uh, an ice storm on Christmas Eve. And uh, I remember wondering, of course, and worrying if uh, Santa Claus would be able to make it. And I went to sleep thinking about that. And of course, the next morning when we woke up and I was about nine years old, uh, there were 
presence there by the wood stove, and uh, Mom already had uh, lunch making and Christmas pies. And uh, uh, I received the greatest gift uh, that uh, I think I've ever received, and that was a a Crossman pellet rifle that I've been wanting. And so uh, that just stands out. I didn't know the backstory was my mom and dad had put all of the presents in the old 1948 DeSoto car that we had, and the ice had so frozen uh, and trapped the presents in the trunk that they worked over two hours that night with torches and with chipping the ice away to get the presents out. So later I learned about how that uh, they were able to make Christmas, as many parents do, make Christmas happen for their children. My memories of Christmas growing up were with my dad as a law enforcement agent. And so he just wasn't home on Christmas until his lunch break came. And so I remember my brother and I watching for a patrol car to drive up even more than we watched for Santa. We'd both be looking out the windows and, he's coming, Mom, he's coming, Mom. And even sometimes he probably shouldn't have, but he'd turn the siren on just briefly in the flashing lights as he was pulling into the driveway. And we would be all ready for him. We'd have all the presents out. And my mother would have Christmas music playing in the background, and he'd have to bring in his police radio. And so we'd hear, so Silent night, car 32, will you please check on unidentified it? Holy night. But we didn't care. It was a wonderful Christmas, even though it could only last 30 minutes. And it was so sad when he'd have to drive away and we'd watch him go. But we knew he was doing something really important, and we were so proud of him. And I know that in his latter days, after he retired, he looked back with sadness that things weren't different for us, but we didn't care. And to this day, I still think we had the best Christmases ever. Now, that story really touches me, Eva, because for many, many years, I worked in local Christian radio, and mm-hmm. the question was always, when will John be able to be with us? Will, will it be a morning time celebration, or is he going to be on air then, or is it going to be on air in the midday? They, they had a really time shift, and I'd like to think that my children were out there looking for me to come home <laughs> and to celebrate with Dad. Love the story, and uh, that's the kind of warmth that we associate with this season. I don't know why, but we just do. And so often we try to make this perfect holiday season for our kids, but, you know, our kids don't really care about that. What they want is to be able to spend that time with us, to be with us, to really just enjoy the season together and do fun things as a family. Yeah, and they can be simple things, like just go hunting for a new Christmas ornament. I mean, uh, take the family out and Give the go to the, go to the dollar store and give each kid you know a dollar or two and say go go find something. It can be something as simple as that. Or another idea is planning a Christmas movie marathon, letting everyone in the family pick their favorite Christmas movie and watching them back to back. Or how about an Elf back to back Elf reruns? You know, I could like, watch that movie over and over. I think that might be my favorite movie. Please watch it for me because I don't like that one. <laughs> oh, I love it! How can you not love that I'm, movie? I'm well, a little bit of a White Christmas kind of guy. Oh, that's a great one as well. And we have a list of some great holiday movies that you could consider watching with your family at our website at focusonthefamily.com/slash Christmas 
stories, as well as some other ideas of activities you can do with your family, maybe some ways you can engage in a local charity or do some volunteerism as well. And you know, John, one of the things that I love about this time of year is that no matter how well you try to plan your activities, something is always going to end up happening. This is kind of like camping, isn't it? It is kind of like camping. So I decided early um, into my relationship with my now husband when we were dating that it'd be really fun to celebrate on Christmas Eve Eve, so December 23rd. And I thought, well, it'd be really fun to challenge myself by making a different food item every year that I'd never tried making before. I like cooking, but there's a lot of cuts of meat I'd never made before. And so the first year when we were dating, I had him over for dinner and I made a pork tenderloin with some reduction sauce and it was delicious. And then the next year I thought, I'm going to make a beef tenderloin. Last year's pork one was successful. So I make a beef tenderloin and, and make some fancy sauce and dinner to go with it. And he comes over candlelight. And and then our first year of marriage, the next year we were married, I thought, well, I'm going to stick with this tradition. And, and so I had this idea to t- make Cornish game hens. Now I had never made a Cornish game hen before. And so I followed this recipe. There are these tiny little birds, kind of like think individually sized chickens. <laughs> so I make these these elaborate menu with them and I set the table. It's candles, white tablecloth, low lighting. And they were very, very challenging to eat. I don't know if you've ever had one. <laughs> they are full of tiny little bones. So oh, we yeah, start eating yeah. this dinner. Romantic realize, dinner. Oh, romantic dinner. And then we realize a couple minutes, how, how are you supposed to eat these? Are you supposed to cut them? Are you supposed to just like chew? So we turn on the lights and it ended up being this very funny scenario where we're trying to have this fancy, formal, romantic dinner. But essentially, we're both just chewing away on on these little bones of this this bird. So oh. I think that was actually the last year that I did that tradition but who knows maybe i should pizza yeah maybe now we just do pizza and call it you know watch a christmas movie and call it a day it is interesting how memories are made from mishaps and i referenced camping christmas time uh, certainly has lots of opportunity for things to not go as planned but uh, we want to encourage you embrace the moment and uh, and accept the fact that this is a memory that maybe is going to be one of the best memories ever. Now, if you're looking for something a little easier uh, than than Cornish game hands An or organized plan just for you. <laughs> we have a, a great Advent activity calendar for you. It's called All the Colors of Christmas. It's a coloring book. It's got uh, plans for you to engage the family and a little easier way. There will be mishaps along the way, but get the book anyway. It's a great resource uh, in the coming days as you celebrate Christmas. Call us, and we can send that off to you. Our uh, number is 800-A-FAMILY, or stop by focusonthefamily.com slash Stories. And our final story today is from Julie Barnhill. She is an author and a speaker. And this story was part of a speech she gave at a woman's conference several years ago, where she shared some of her favorite Christmas memories. What was your favorite gift as a child? Can you remember? Your favorite gift as a child. Mine was an easy-bake oven. I was adopted at age um, three, almost age four, and Christmas was just a couple of weeks after my adoption, and I got an easy-bake oven in 1967-1968. It was avocado green. Remember that color? <laughs> my mom still has avocado green in the entire house. I'm just trying to get her, get her out of that. But it was an avocado green easy-bake oven. I loved that oven. I still have it. And I made cakes and I, I frosted. Just, it was just the coolest <coughs> gift. So what's the best gift you ever got? What's the gift that you can remember? And maybe you're a little bit older when you got it, but what was that best? Okay, and um, as an adult, my, what is the most precious gift 
that you've gotten as an adult. All right, it wouldn't be the house dress that I received that had pearl snaps <laughs> and a ruffle on the collar. A house dress. <laughs> look at me. Do I look like a house dress woman? No. But I'll tell you my favorite gift, my favorite gift. It was about eight years ago. We were so broke, it was not even funny. I mean, we had no money. And at my children's school, they will have a Christmas gifts that you can buy anywhere from a quarter to um, $100 that the community can come in. And the children are all allowed to go down and buy gifts for their family. And my son, we didn't have, I know this is hard for some of you maybe to, to, to understand, and others of you do, but I didn't even feel like I had $5 to give them to buy anything. And I felt, what did I have? What was my emotion? What was my guilt? <laughs> guilt that I didn't have money. And so they went to school, and everybody else is going to go down and buy gifts, and they didn't. So Ricky comes home that day, and he, I mean, I pick him up at the school, and he's just smiling. He's got this huge smile on his face, and he has this package. And he says, Mom, I got you a gift today. And I, Ricky, how did you get a gift from me? I didn't give you any money. How did you have money? He said, oh, Mom, it was so neat. And he was about five or six years old at the time. He said, I was walking around, and I saw this perfect gift for you, Mom. <laughs> uh, he said, I saw this perfect gift for you, and I just kind of stared at it. <laughs> and if you knew my Ricky, his eyes are like this big, you know, and, and he'd just break your heart. He's like, I just stared at it. And I picked it up and I looked at it and the woman came over and said, would you like to buy that for your mom? And he said, well, his friend Curtis was next to him. He goes, he doesn't have any money. <laughs> his family's poor. <laughs> and the woman said, well, how about you just go, how about I give it to you to give to your mom? And that just, you want to talk about little things that in, encourage your, your faith in humanity. And so she gave him this gift, and I, and I opened it up Christmas Day, and it was this beautiful little glass globe that had sprinkles, like glitter glue, that type of thing, all on the outside, and some potpourri and a little candle in there. But that is my absolute favorite Christmas gift as an adult. Not even a four-carat ring, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. the spiritual aspects of your childhood growing up you know was Christmas equated with anything spiritual for us um, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about that but we had an advent calendar that at the time had candy in it I've never been able to find one like this since um, I bought one at Cracker Barrel but it's just chocolate every day but I can remember having one as a child that it was a different candy every day that you counted down the advent and and what holiday traditions what traditions did you have um, did you go caroling does anybody carol See, I've never gone caroling. I've never done that. Um, maybe you hung the tree, you know, you put it up at a certain time. Maybe there were different things that you did. But what are the traditions that you had? I, I, the reason I ask you these questions, I think it's important to remind yourself to, to go back because that helps us get a grip on what's really real about Christmas. Because I can so relate to Miss running around like crazy here. And it's not just the holidays. It was like every day of my life. Anybody? All right. <laughs> I asked um, yesterday, I asked the moms, I said, you know, wave your hanky if you woke up and this is how you got out of bed. You just woke up, looked over and thought, oh, it's time to get up. Oh. <laughs> you just gently threw your legs over the side of the bed. You gotta go take a hot shower. <laughs> you took a hot shower and you bathed bath and bodied yourself. 
know, washed her hair, got out, tiled off. Oh, I think I'll go have a cappuccino downstairs. <laughs> catch up on the news, read a book. Just have a little time to myself. Anybody, anybody wake up like that? Anybody? Most of us wake up going, oh, crud! I gotta do, dun, 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 dun. You know, we just hit the floor running. Hit the floor running. All right, so it's not just holiday time, it's every day of our lives. Yes, you know, what usually gets me is when I'm putting on my eyeliner. And I'll think, I have been doing this for 25 years. <laughs> I started when I was three. <laughs> All right, the holidays. How do you know it's holiday time? Stress-wise, how do you know it's holiday time? When you go to Walmart in July and Santa Claus greets you, perhaps? <laughs> You know it's holiday time? You know it's holiday time in our house when we get out the nativity scene. Does anybody have a nativity that, that you know, it's, it's what you, you, you get that out? Well, my mother had given me a nativity scene years ago, and I didn't realize it was expensive. And so I just let the kids play with it. You know it's Christmas time when Ricky's got the shepherd with the little shepherd boy in a headlock. Okay. That's when you know it's the holidays. So they're like, Mom, are we going to get the nativity out? So we get it out, and we put the little floaty, snow-looking stuff, even though it was Israel, and there probably wasn't any snow. <laughs> and we put that down, and we set it down. We put a little glitter, because, you know, all snow glitters, like this. And we put the pin at the top and put the angel, who's kind of like hanging like this. She never quite hangs straight. We have angel issues in our home. <laughs> and we set out, and, and baby Jesus is about this big, OK? Just, just a beautifully detailed car, baby Jesus. And a few years ago, Patrick was about two years old, and we had put everything out, and I, I'm keeping things neat in my house because I like things neat. <laughs> Whatever you get, just put it back where you found it, please. Thank you. So I go check on the nativity, and I look, and Jesus is missing. Amber alert, it's time to put out an APB. <laughs> Jesus is missing. And I find myself yelling, has anybody seen Jesus? Anyone? Anyone? And I spy my three-year-old, two and a half, three-year-old, right over there. <laughs> So he toddles over, a little wobbly, and I said, give Mama a big kiss. Because there's a pucker factor, you know, here. And he can't kiss me because he can't pucker. And I heard myself saying, Patrick, how many times do I have to tell you? Now go spit baby Jesus back where he belongs. This is not the holiday that I planned, all right? This was not what I had planned. He was carrying the nativity, the entire nativity scene in his, in, his, in his cheeks. This is not good. This is not good. This is not what I had planned. So that's how I know it's Christmas time in the Barnhill house. Not that the lights are all up and they're all even. Not that the angel's sitting perfectly on the tree. But that it's a mess, generally, in my home. That's how I know it's Christmas time. 
What a great story. And I totally love that concept of your kids running off with pieces of the nativity scene. Or last year, I think our dog ate one of the shepherds from ours. So it's kind of a little awkward as far as how much of the nativity scene we have left. Do you have any stories along those well, lines, Jen? Well, I do. Let me just say what I appreciate about Julie is she helps us remember that the perfect is not possible. And that mm-hmm. kid, if you have children, it's going to get interrupted. Or a dog, or a dog as you said. <laughs> yeah, as, as I was listening, I was prompted to remember something I had forgotten uh, for many, many years, and that is uh, our oldest daughter was about, uh, she would have been seven months old, and she wasn't walking, but she was rolling around. And my wife called me to say, jo- meet me at the hospital. Allie swallowed something from the Christmas tree. Don't know oh, what. No. So she's a seven-month-old baby. We had to go to the hospital and have it x-rayed to make sure it was nothing. They determined it was a bunch of pine tree needles. Oh, no. She didn't swallow anything (laughs) like super hard or easily digestible for a seven-month-old. But that was one of those, oh, yeah, Christmas. It's always a time of year to go to the hospital and have x-rays of your baby just to make sure they didn't swallow anything really big. But, hey, at least it was only pine needles, right? Exactly. <laughs> and and interestingly, she's a real um, ecology-minded child now. She loves being in the woods. I wonder if that had anything know. to do with maybe, it. Maybe it ties together. Well, this has been really fun, and we have a few more episodes coming up for you in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, we'll encourage all of you to get the All the Colors of Christmas Advent Activity Calendar. This book contains 28 faith-filled coloring pages. It has that Advent Calendar Christmas tree that we've talked about, and it also has scripture readings, Advent devotionals, and you can get it by calling us here at 1-800-A-FAMILY, or you can stop by focusonthefamily.com slash Christmas stories. All right. In the coming weeks, we're going to be looking at Christmas memories, Christmas traditions, and of course, the reason and for the season, the emphasis will be on Jesus. Uh, and we're going to have a special interview with Phil and Kay Robertson on Christmas Day. Uh, always something unexpected when you talk to the Robertsons of Duck Dynasty fame, so be sure to be listening then. And make sure you come back next week. We're going to be sharing more holiday memories like this one from Melanie Shankle. There it was across the lot. It was like angels sang. It was the perfect tree. And I looked at my husband and I just almost in a gasp, I said, that is the tree. And he looked at me and he said, you are out of your mind. He said, that tree is two times the size of our living room. There's no way it's going to fit. And I was like, yes, it will. And I said, because it's eight and a half feet tall. I said, we have nine foot ceilings. I said, it clearly is going to fit. And he said, you're forgetting about a geometric principle called circumference. It'll be a good time as we get together again on Christmas Stories. And meanwhile, please leave some feedback in the iTunes store. Uh, Give us a rating. Tell us your thoughts. And if you like us, go ahead and tell some friends on social media. Help them get into the Christmas spirit. On behalf of Eva Daniel, I'm John Fuller. And thanks again for listening to Focus on the Family's Christmas Stories. (laughs) 